but let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them shout for joy forever. May you shelter them, and may those who love your name boast about you. For you, Lord, bless the righteous one. You surround him with favor like a shield. That is from Psalm 5, verses 11 and 12. Good morning, IBCM, and welcome to a new day in the presence of God. Isn't it wonderful to wake up in God's presence and to get a good start to the day by gathering together to meditate upon God's word, to pray together, and uh, in that way get a good start for the day. I, again, apologize for yesterday. For some reason, there was a problem with the technology. I was live on Facebook at 8 a.m. yesterday, and just like um, a couple of days ago, for some reason, it did not post. So, while we're here in Mississippi, what I'm doing is recording this earlier in the day, and then I will post it at the right time later. But you're joining right now at 8 a.m., and um, I'm going to continue our med meditation and, and thinking uh, about this problem of anger that we have. You know, we've, we've talked about the fact that anger, like every emotion, is a gift from God. We were created in God's image, and uh, that means that we are emotional people, just like God is an emotional person. And we saw that lived out in the flesh when Jesus was on earth. Jesus was an emotional person, and Jesus expressed anger. Uh, he cleared the temple of the money changers, those who were taking advantage of, of God's people. Uh, he was angry at death and at sin, but his anger was always motivated by godliness and holiness and purity, and it was always expressed in a way to bring the person to a place and a point of repentance. And so, Anger, like every emotion, is not necessarily sinful. It's how that anger is expressed and what the motivation is behind that anger, why we are expressing that anger, that angry emotion. Um, one of the other issues that we face besides managing our own anger is the problem of being with angry people. So I thought today we would look at two Proverbs that will help us get a handle on how to respond with people who are either angry toward us or angry in a situation which we are, uh, are observing. I told you a story a couple of days ago about the angry golfer and how his anger became his own worst enemy. Before we read these two Proverbs, let me just share an experience I had some time ago, several years ago, being in a room in which anger was being expressed in a very sinful and unhealthy way in that meeting. The meeting consisted of, of ministry mission leaders. We were all gathered together to discuss how we can best make disciples and do ministry. And, of course, leaders have opinions, correct? We all have our opinions. And sometimes, uh, our opinion becomes more important than the persons in the room. And that was the case on this day. There were two people, as we were discussing a, a specific strategy for reaching a segment, there were two people in the room who had opposing views on the subject. 
And in the dialogue and in the expressing of their opinions, these two got into a ver verbal argument about what was the best strategy. And it escalated into an angry moment in which one of the persons slammed his fist on the table and demanded that his idea be chosen. In the midst of that very unhealthy, very emotional, very uncomfortable atmosphere, one person spoke up. I don't remember exactly the words that were spoken, but they were kind, they were respectful, and they were soft words. And the room completely changed. The anger de-escalated. The two people calmed down. They sat down. We spent a moment in prayer and then moved forward to make some healthy decisions. This brings us to what I want to read first in Proverbs 15, verse 1. And here is, here is some godly wisdom for responding to people who are angry. Proverbs 15, 1 says, A gentle answer turns away anger, but a harsh word stirs up wrath. Let me pray for a moment as we talk about how to deal with angry people. God, we thank you for your word this morning. And who knows the kind of anger that we will be confronted with today. And who knows how we will be tempted to express our anger in unhealthy ways. And so, Lord, we're asking you through the power of your word to prepare us and equip us, not only for people who we know who are angry persons, but to equip us for today. And we pray in Christ's name. Amen. So this proverb gives us uh, one helpful tool in responding to angry people. The, the first way to respond to them is to surround them with non-angry speech. As Solomon wrote, a gentle answer, a soft reply. We all know how abrasive, harsh words can actually create more anger. In fact, a, a single harsh word can be like a spark that starts a forest fire of anger. Solomon used the word harsh here, and that word means painful. So when we argue, our words can be chosen and used in two different purposes. We can use our words to stir up kindness. We can use our words to inspire, to build up. Or, if we're not careful, we can use words to inflict pain upon another person. Now, when we speak, we need to speak the truth. We need to make it clear. And sometimes the truth is painful. But our intention is to resolve an issue. If we speak to inflict pain then that's a whole other thing. We're not de-escalating the anger. We're only escalating it even more. And just one zinger of a word can destroy a relationship, can build a wall of bitterness that can actually last for years or even a lifetime. But Solomon says, gives us some godly wisdom. He says that a gentle answer... Um, can break down 
a wall, a gentle response, a gentle word, a kind, compassionate word, a soft answer can bring the conversation down to a healthy level. One of the best ways to help an angry person learn to speak in a kind way is to speak to them in a kind way. A gentle answer means speaking patiently, speaking tenderly, speaking with affirmation as much as possible, and always calmly. It's amazing how in an argument, if one person will begin to speak very quietly, it's amazing how the other person will follow suit. But when one person speaks angrily and loudly, the other person will also follow that lead. So that's one way to respond to angry people is a gentle, soft, patient, compassionate reply. Paul wrote in Ephesians 4.15, he says, Speaking the truth in love, let us grow in every way into him who is the head, Christ. Now, Proverbs 20.22 gives us a second way to de-escalate anger, to deal with a person who is angry. Let's, let's read that. Proverbs 22.20. 20. I'm sorry, Proverbs 20. 22. Uh, Solomon wrote, don't say I will avenge this evil. Wait on the Lord and he will rescue you. The second way to help an angry person is to give that person a new perspective on vengeance. You see, really the, the motive of anger is to pay someone back for something done either to him or to someone else, someone special to that person. So what is involved there is usually that angry person has a sense of high moral ground. The angry person tells himself that he would never do what that other person did. So he feels that this gives him a, a, a leg up. It gives him a, a warrant, an excuse, a reason to inflict insults or a poisonous word toward the other person. But what Solomon says here in, in 2022 is that only God can occupy a high enough moral ground to say, I would never do that. God knows all that was in the person's heart. God knows what they deserve. We don't. God alone is holy. He alone would never do what that other person did. And so only God has the right to inflict judgment. We don't. God has also the power to do so in the time and manner that leads the person to repentance. We don't. Listen to what Paul wrote in Romans 2 verse 4. Do you despise the riches of his kindness, restraint, and patience? not recognizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance. You see, that's one of the differences, one of the big differences between us and God when it comes to anger. Generally speaking, the motivation for our anger is to inflict pain or to make a point. But God's purpose and motivation for anger is to bring about repentance and healing. 
So if a true wrong has been done to you, God will avenge you. We don't have to do that. So is there someone in your life whom you are having trouble with? Someone who is angry? Why are you having trouble? Is it because you want to place yourself in a higher moral ground than that other person? Is it because you want to get revenge? Or is it a godly anger in which you are hurt and heartbroken for something that has been done wrong, an injustice or a sinful behavior? We need to weigh carefully our thoughts and our motives when anger rises to the surface. Remember, we talked a couple of days ago that under, underneath each of us is, a, is an underground river of emotions. And that underground river can boil up to the surface in unhealthy ways if we are not disciplined, patient, compassionate, kind, and loving. I know it's hard. And being around angry people is very stressful, very difficult, and it's very tempting to strike back in anger. But do you recall that beachside breakfast that Jesus had with his disciples after his resurrection? When he called Peter to account for his denial, he asked Peter three times, do you love me? And three times Peter said, yes, Lord, you know I love you. And the third time Peter was very hurt and pain because Jesus asked him for the third time. But in each of those occasions, the point of Jesus' calling Peter to account was kindness and grace. Each time he gave Peter a new assignment, tend my lambs, take care of my sheep, shepherd my sheep. Christ's use of anger is always measured with grace and mercy. That's difficult for us. But we can grow into his likeness, Christ, who is our head. So let's use our head when it comes to responding to angry people. Perhaps this is a good prayer for us today. Lord, I now see that I cannot stay angry at someone unless I feel superior to them. Why should a saved sinner like me feel like that? If you paid me back for all I've done to you, where would I be? Even when you are stern with me, you overwhelm me with love. Let me be the same with everyone. That's a great prayer that we should remember when we are tempted to return anger with more anger. Who knows the challenges that we will face today? with an angry person, or even with our own underground river of anger that becomes comes to a boiling point and comes to the surface. Let's be like Christ. Let's be angry about the right things in the right way. And let's be patient and kind and forbearing and graceful with people, even with people who are not treating us in that way. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word again. We thank you for how it speaks to us so practically and so directly. And every one of us, in some measure, deals with our own anger and in some measure 
deals with people who are angry, people around us who are either just angry people or maybe they get angry at us. And so we pray that this wisdom we've gleaned from Proverbs today will prepare us for the next event in which anger comes to the surface. Lord, we also want to stop and pray for people in our church family who are struggling with their finances because they've lost work. We pray, God, that you will provide all their needs. We pray that you will make us in the church aware of their needs and that we will be sacrificial in giving and coming to their aid, showing Christ-like compassion and help. We're a family, God, and so we pray that you will help us to be a good, loving family. Lord, I want to pray for that one person who emailed me yesterday. They're facing a, a, a biopsy this weekend. And I don't feel like I have permission to speak her name, but she's watching probably, and she perhaps she perhaps knows that I'm talking about her. I pray, God, that you'll give her peace. I pray, God, that you will give her comfort. And I pray, God, that that biopsy will be benign. And I pray, God, that you will give her courage, even if it is not benign, that you will give her courage and see this as an opportunity to trust completely in you. But we do pray for the doctors and the nurses and everyone involved in that biopsy. And we do pray, God, that it will be that it will be comforting news. We also want to pray for our church planters today. And we pray for uh, those men and women who are working hard to make disciples in difficult places. Give them encouragement today. Uh, through someone in their circle, uh, give them words of, of encouragement and love and and uh, affirmation today. Give them success as they build relationships in their communities and share the gospel. And we pray, God, that in all those places, from way up north in Santa and Narvacan to way down in Mindanao and places in between, on Luzon, Palawan, the Visayas, uh, all those places, God, we just pray for a great harvest of new believers and then the great opportunity to disciple them into maturity in Christ. We also pray, Lord, this pandem pandemic would come to an end. In the meantime, we're waiting upon you, trusting in you, and depending upon your sovereign will and power to give us the uh, spiritual strength to endure this process and to grow in our faith. All this we pray with confidence that you hear our prayer, that you love us, that you know all of our needs, and that you supply all of our needs according to your riches in Christ Jesus. And it is in his name that we pray. Amen. Goodbye, brothers and sisters. Have a great day.